This is Duke Nukem, and when I'm not out slaying aliens and saving Earth's babes, I'm listening to Podcast Unlocked. Hail to the podcast, baby! Podcast Unlocked. everybody welcome to podcast unlocked the world's number one xbox podcast just got number one this week the world? the world yeah in the world we just stay we just say that and no one can oh sure yeah we just otherwise. we lie well, listeners in england there's a government agency that would have to confirm this to be true or not you know it's... they brexited they don't count anymore. okay it's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. it's madness over there <laughs> i'm ryan mccaffrey you know me you know alana pierce and marty Sliva. I have many These liquids. Other two handsome gentlemen, to my right, Jake Rodkin. Hi there. From, of course, Campo Santo, yes. makers of Firewatch, which is what we're here to talk about mostly today, and Sean Vanneman, also of Campo Santo. The same. Do you also make Firewatch? Yeah. Okay. And he's mostly here to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. You both made Firewatch? <laughs> I mean, we, <laughs> we are but 22%. Of it, I don't know. Whoa, I just picked that the that you, are you bringing back the twenty-two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're some percentage of the people who made Firewatch. Before we get to Firewatch, though, I am oh. contractually obliged to remind you that uh, we are having a little live event that you can come to if you want. It's uh, our twentieth anniversary celebration. IGN is totally legal and can almost drink. You can totally drink at twenty. It's fine. You said, yeah. By totally legal, do you mean you can have sex with IGN? Is that what you were saying? Yes. If that is the word. For $55, you, would... you can come to IGN's 20th anniversary house party and have sex with IGN. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> I guess that's what's happening. Yes. You guys like, why did we just come here? Happy to Saturday, be here. <laughs> yeah. Saturday, October 15th at The Village here in San Francisco. I don't even know where that is. It's on Market Street between 5th and 6th. It's also I very know where nice that is. Tons of crackheads right in front of it. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah, it's a rough so, little stretch yeah. there. <laughs> we're going to have... Uh, I ride my bike through there. Highlights from all the cool stuff that's happened over the last 20 years... See hosts from your favorite shows, including Game Scoop and Beyond. No mention of this show. Everyone on Thanks, Unlocked guys. is going Well, to be technically, I host. We we I co-host both of them, so that works. That does work. Yeah. You'll and see we'll, much. So you mean to tell me that they didn't call out the world's best, no. biggest Xbox? And podcast? we're not even the world's biggest PlayStation podcast anymore. So Correct. yikes! True. Yeah. Huh? Yikes. Slipping. <laughs> well, th- it's fine. Apparently this podcast we'll, that would make sense. No, our, our PlayStation podcast. <laughs> this is the, for some reason, the sixth largest PS4 podcast yeah. as well. We're, we're working on it. Uh, apparently, we'll also have surprise guests. Who? An after- we'll come. IGN64. Spoiled. Well, yeah, actually. That's, yeah. that's actually going to happen. Okay. Uh, we'll have an after party. You can hang out with us. There'll be live entertainment, games to play, photo booths, food, drinks. Your ticket also gets you access to a tour of this very building, by the way. It's IGN. fine. Um, <laughs> There's a you, guys just, you guys just walked that. right up. There's like a huge solid snake in the lobby. Yeah. There'll be a, uh, there'll be a weird... question and answer panel like and just a large snake. gaming stations for head-to-head play. So if you would like to attend, if you're going to be in San Francisco or want to be here for October 15th celebration, go to 20 Years of Gaming, but it's the number 20 and YRS, so we're abbreviating now, 20YRSofGaming.eventbrite.com. And bright, of course, is not spelled properly. It is spelled B-R-I-T-E. I think the easiest that was way a, to do such it, a logic puzzle. If you if you just go to twitter.com/ign, it's currently the pinned it's pinned. Tweet. Thank you. That's the nailed it. way to go. So seriously, we will be there. Come say hi. Come hang out. It'll mm-hmm. be fun. Join us all. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, right, well, Campo Santo confirming their attendance. <laughs> as well. Why wouldn't we? I don't know. We'll be nearby. Unfortunately, you're not. You guys hang up. Unfortunately, we're not. We're not invited. Yeah, I, you know, we spend a lot of time hanging out outside of wherever this place is, the village. <laughs> yeah. This, so, is this the place we had the Oculus event? Yes. So it's a really nice building. It is a really nice building. Several stories, mm. and yeah, it's super mm-hmm. fancy. Let's get to the uh, the men of the hour here, Jake and Sean. <laughs> it was your birthday yesterday. I thought it was going to be you. Well, until birthday, they right? got here. Yeah. Happy but, birthday. I didn't mean to steal your birthday thunder. Deferred. It's really rude. At this point. That's all right. Yeah, I had a birthday. It went well. I'm still here. That's great. It was a good day, though. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I'm still, you know, I'm trying, just dying a little bit, a little each year. Yeah, we all are. That's fine. You Mm. did have In-N-Out, though. Yeah, did that. That was a must. I mean, it's, you know, what else am I going to eat on my birthday? But things I want to eat. I heard In-N-Out's, there's a petition now. Brandon Tyrell forwarded me this link. Uh, Some people are trying to get a a 25,000 signature petition to try and get In-N-Out to sell veggie burgers. Nah. 
No. Nope. No. Don't do they that. do no. the grilled cheese. Don't yeah. go to In-N-Out yeah. if you are There's, looking for a veggie burger. Yeah, why not just go in yeah. and get, go get, literally the, anywhere get the grilled cheese animal style. You cannot even notice that there's not the one tiny yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> little patty in there. Yeah. Yeah. So just do that and then yeah. be happy. Petition complete. There you go. Jake they can't do it because they don't have freezers. Veggie burgers require a freezer, right? Like, do they? Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, get fresh veggie burgers fresh from the from the veggie, veggie like, yeah. I mean, they might, like, press them on the spot. This is one of those things where people think they want this, but they don't they want don't. it when they were act- to be actually given. I think that's most things on the internet. I hope In-N-Out oh, stays yeah. strong. They will. They're a privately held company. They can do whatever they want. They have and no will. No petition can, can force their hand. And to, to that I say more power to them. Yeah. All right. Keep being so, you. Uh, in out, <laughs> We've been gunning for a sponsor from In-N-Out for like three or four years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they do any advertising. It's never going to happen. Yet. That's... Until you get to the global number one Xbox podcast. <laughs> Is this podcast? podcast located on a giant billboard on the freeway near a major civic center? If so, it is an In-N-Out advertisement. Otherwise, you're not going to get that sponsorship. Yeah. Huh. Break out dreams. <laughs> Cancel the podcast. <laughs> So this is an Xbox podcast that talks about video games? Some, that's really convenient for us. Food, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's Firewatch good. is an Xbox video game. Mm-hmm. As now, of today. As of today. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's what you guys are here to talk about and promote. So, uh, And you're here because I love the hell out of this video game. Seriously, I'm going to tell oh. you to your faces now that I adore Firewatch. It's, it's one of my favorite games of the year. It will... Certainly be nominated for IGN's Game of the Year. Oh man, yeah, so cool! Will. Not if I have anything to say with it. <clears throat> for those you people who aren't watching this watch. and are just listening to this on their like iPhone or whatever, he w- did say on oh, their Zoom. This is the Xbox. Oh my God! <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? Anyway, sorry. You did say it right to our faces. Yeah, right, inches okay. away from our faces. Directly, yeah. very directly. Yeah, it was really difficult. It's hard for us to receive praise of any kind, and my whole body got sweaty. I'm, I, just I haven't had that effect on other human beings in a long, long time. About five years ago, he said your daughter was five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. Sorry. Did you only play it this week, right? What? No, I played no, it when it came out. It. Yeah. No, you oh, reviewed okay. it. Yeah, I reviewed it. Yeah, before you, before you got there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I think it is the best. Now, do you guys hate the term walking simulator? Is that nah, it? whatever. I mean, I don't... I, like, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it, it like it's shorthand, but is it is it sort of a negative Walk, Walking simulator is a dumb term because it was put together to make fun of a genre of games, but at the same time, now everyone just calls them walking simulators, so whatever. Yeah. It's sort of been appropriated, yeah. I, guess. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, I... It, First I, person my, my opinion on the term walking simulator just ends up, like, cracking open a broader, like, like this is the best we can do, like, this is... And it's more of a... I get upset with the sort of rigidity of genres and games, period. Yep. So that's what happens. I don't care about the term. So I, okay, so I genuinely think it is the best first person narrative adventure game I've ever played. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. I almost use it as an opportunity to disparage just friends. To disparage just, friends. But I would never. <laughs> I would never. But what I actually suck at Steve. I would never besmirch the name of Steve. I love Steve as well and gone home. No, it's fine. You know, but I'm I'm here in Tacoma. Actually, Tacoma. Tacoma? Is that what you got? Why didn't we do that weeks ago? Look at her eyes. Her eyes went. That's way better. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's cool. Yeah. I do want every now that it's on Xbox. I want everybody to play. It's twenty bucks. It's a good you know four or five hour game. Uh, There's a whole bunch now, of new stuff in it now, too. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But I, actually, I want to just start with the release itself, guys. I'm genuinely curious, uh, and I don't want to be a dick here, but... I, <laughs> no, hold on. I've got far. Two great but, setups. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely curious, and I don't want to be a dick, but let's talk about the email server. Like, literally, like, what are you about to say? Like, no, uh, <laughs> how, how come it's how come it's hitting Xbox now and not oh. six months ago? Like, is it was it a business thing with Sony? Was it just actual development time? I, I'm genuinely curious because, like, Inside, which is also a game of the year contender, right. brilliant, hit PS4, like, 30 days later. So it right. hit Xbox first, but then it kind of went the other way. So I'm just sort of curious, though, yeah. you know, what's the the uh, the logic? What's going it's on? It's like, I mean, there's it wasn't like one decision, but yeah. it's like one is uh, we were like made our debut, our console debut on PlayStation, which was a business thing. Okay. And then uh, secondarily, um, our team is small and we had uh, – like a little bit of a team shift right after Firewatch. A couple people came in, a couple people went out. Yeah. So that sort of like slows us down. We also went to a new version of our engine because we wanted the 
all like we just wanted to improve per, uh, console performance across the board. Right. So we had to do that. We're on Unity. We had to go to Unity five four just for like lots of reasons. Even if you go all the way, 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 way back to when we started working on Firewatch and started the company the sort of scope and schedule that we had planned for the game originally did not even include a console. We'd been like, okay, we're going to come out on Windows, Mac, Linux, and then we'll add consoles on as we go. And we, you know, as it was going, we had the opportunity to go to a console and we went, okay, maybe we can, maybe we can add one. But like, yeah. even, even that was like a little bit of an overextend for our, right. for our existing schedule. Yeah, exactly right. Like Sony sat us down and said, do you guys want to be an E3 keynote? And we went, oh no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like we have to change everything now. Because yeah. you, you don't say no to that. Yeah. So that was in 2015. And then we went, okay, so we're going to launch on console day and date. Uh, it's going to be them because it's a great opportunity. And then... Um, so yeah, it just took some time. Sony, Sony picked up the phone first. Is that kind of a? It's like more complicated than that, yeah. you know. Like people are talking the whole time, yeah. but that was just like their gut. It was, and it was a lot of it was just a gut thing. It just worked out. Yeah, they were, it was the right time. They made the, they said the right thing, and we were excited by it, and we went, okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, but like, they're we like both the consoles. Um, we're like really, really stoked with the Xbox product. Like we're like think it's an, like a definitive edition of the game which we're excited about um and yeah i think also uh, we we timed it out a lot with the engine upgrade too the engine upgrade was kind of huge for us once we were in the, once we'd made the decision like once it was february when the game was out yeah. we said okay the first thing we thought about was like okay how do we get this to more people how do we bring it to xbox well let's upgrade the engine right now and this is bite that bullet which is a pain like that was really gnarly so but unity put out a good version of Unity and made console development easier. So we did so, that. Is there like a uh, time period like you release on PS4 and then like you have to wait at least this amount of time before you can release on Xbox One? I mean, any sort of like console exclusivity deal like that, you negotiate something usually. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like it would be, I imagine, flexible for or different for each dev. It's always different. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why Inside was 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like The Witness that. was almost the reverse, the exact same that's time-ish. True. I mean, yeah, Witness came out two weeks ago. Witness came out yeah. weeks yeah. before us on PS4 and a couple weeks before yeah. us on Xbox One. And I mean, I think John Blow, he said this at a time when I would have never said it, but that's because John is John Blow, <laughs> which is like, I gotta pick one anyway because I'm only me, and I only have time, so this is how long it's gonna take me anyway, so this is the deal that I signed. Um, and I, there's some truth to that, I think. Like, we move, we've like Firewatch fundamentally changed the nature of our entire company. Like we built, we, we structured the entire company to basically be like all shoved into a burn bag and like d- deleted if Firewatch came out and was bad. You know what I mean? So like Firewatch came out and <laughs> we were so security cards. Just like, yeah, it was literally just like the scene in like a, a boiler room where there's just a phone cords on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? You walk in, it's We've like boiler room. FBI throws open the door and there's just phone cables. Yeah. <laughs> like we had the way we had built the company, uh, mostly for our own emotional like uh, appetites of yeah. being able to handle pain. And then the game was a success. So then we went, okay, not just let's get it to new consoles, but like, let's support it for all customers. And we got to get these poor people who spent two years in this tiny office into a real size office. Um, we want to take the show to PAX. We got to give people vacations, like all that stuff plays in. And then it was like, September 21st is the date. And, uh, yeah, that was the way Here it worked are. out. This was literally the soonest we could have done it. And not, I don't mean contractually. I mean, literally like, as someone would have died. Yeah. Someone would have. Someone would have died. And even now, we got a couple guys on life support. Well, I mean, so, congrats on the release. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank yes. you. You did it. Absolutely. Oh, Jake and I didn't do anything. I, you did more we than did I did. Literally nothing. We did a lot of content stuff for the new. Con- we did a lot of new content stuff. Yeah. But in terms of like the pain of putting out a new um, skew, uh, this was the first. Like we went through that on in February, but I don't think he and I went through as much pain. We didn't go through much pain. So Gabe McGill and Ben Burbank are the guys at Campo Santo. Who Those are the guys at Life Support? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. But they they're seem on, okay. They're working on the Wii U version now, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I think they're actually yeah. fixing Mac and Linux bugs. Right now. <laughs> they actually are. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So the Mac is a the, weird uh, platform Xbox right now. Xbox One version adds, and this is also being rolled into the other versions. A couple of yeah. new features. A couple of new modes. Big stuff. Uh, there's the ability to keep playing after you finish the narrative. I won't spoil anything, but you can. It's okay to, to spoil. It. Yeah, that's that's okay. It's actually there's so. The, the well, I mean, our audience hasn't played the game yet. Okay. Oh. So and if you do want to talk about spoilers, we like six months ago we recorded yes. a full spoiler cast in this room. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm not going to get into narrative spoilers, but just the, the way that the game is structured. Yeah. If, you, if you play it today on Xbox or any platform, once the I mean, when by the time this episode's out, uh, Firewatch now has a special features menu, and inside of that there is just a button that says uh, free roam mode. Yeah, and it says complete Firewatch before you can play it, and then there's also the the commentary. Yeah, and those audio. those special features are unlocked from the moment you download the game. Yeah, you can just see that they're in so the game. yeah. And yeah. The, the the commentary is the one I really want to focus on. Yeah, let's talk about that. I think it's fantastic. I I mean I love it in movies, and I feel like very few games do it. And it's but the way that you guys have particularly implemented it is just great. It's uh, they're set up as sort of you know wilderness. Listening stations where, like, you know, you'd be looking at that sounds like uh, Lost or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where you're inside a geodesic dome, like juicing up, right. playing Motown hits on your record player. <laughs> but you, you pick up, you pick up the cassette, uh, an actual cassette, because it's period appropriate for the game, and pop it into your cassette player with your headphones, and you're listening to you guys, uh, the development team, or uh, maybe one of your voice actors, yeah. everybody that you've got in there, just talking about different aspects of the game. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, like. 80 or 90 tapes or something like that yeah there's wow. some high number of tapes it's yeah we we kind of went overboard i mean we um uh we'd have a podcast recording studio in our office because some of us do a podcast in there called idle thumbs every week and it turns out if, you're, if it's idle thumbs net, net. <laughs> uh, it turns out if you have a recording studio in your office and you've got a bunch of developers on your team who are used to doing podcasts it's very easy to just record a lot of content so i think we have like three hours of audio commentary inside wow. of this. And we made a game where we had to hand implement, or we had to systemically implement like over 7,000 lines of dialogue. So it was like, well, implement implement these 90 like audio tapes. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yawn, easy. Yeah, the, so we had a kind of a competitive advantage in terms of being able to do a really robust commentary <laughs> mode, right? When it comes right? to commentary modes. Well, I'm just saying we had a leg up. We had like best. a, it's like what you said, like <laughs> not a lot of people do it, not but like, you know, like if you're making, uh, you know, like the new Battlefield game, like, how do you do that? You know, you have to, like, build a system to integrate yeah. the content and the data. Firewatch was already like, a game where you are supposed to poke at things and hear audio. Yeah, you can, right. like, Firewatch, if you strip away all the art and everything, you're, like, a block moving through space, walking up to another block and clicking on it, and then a thing happens. So, uh, <laughs> so like, when, yeah. when did you guys record it? Like, how recent is all that stuff? They did it, like, this summer. Yeah, just over, summer. over the course of so summer. So since the game had come out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Not, it wasn't done, like... In February, when no. you were no, crunching. no, no, the the commentary mode kind of came about because Firewatch had just launched, and uh, we were doing all sorts of various things on the team. One of the things I was doing was a lot of tech support, um, which is what you the inevitable secret trick of shipping a game is that you haven't actually shipped it for like another month afterwards because <laughs> you're still answering support tickets and doing things. Um, it was making me go a little stir crazy. So I just started modeling the little weird museum kiosks that you find and putting them in the game and said, Maybe this would be a fun thing that we could do to pass the time. Uh, and then it turned into our summer project, and it got a little bit more ambitious over time. But it, it was born out of feeling like we're at the end of production. Everyone is really, really good at making Firewatch. Yeah. But we can't make Firewatch anymore because we made it. And also, we don't really want to be making Firewatch again. But, like, we can sort of... This is like another creative outlet. Yeah, just you could flex all yeah, the, all the yeah. sort of technical and process muscles that we that we spent the entire development of Firewatch getting good at, but using it to just make a little bit of cool support content at the end of the game. And we knew it would be people. We knew it would be free. We knew that fans would like it. It was pretty low risk, you know, because we even you know we talked about like, do we do another? Do we do more stuff inside of Firewatch? And then we. And we're like, oh, that was like there was tension between wanting to make more video game, but not wanting to like take another creative stab at something. Yeah. It just kind of was the right thing to make well, for the studio. And aside from the audio things, there are also the visual things. There's the lots of visual things. That was like, Jake built one, and then... So just to for people uh, who don't have a complete sense of what we're talking about, when <laughs> you start... Yeah, when you start the game... When you start the... Um, when you decide to do the Firewatch audio tour... Which you should you, do after you finish the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean... 
Yes. <laughs> um, but you can do, like, it's unlocked now because we were worried that, like, if you bought the game on a different platform yeah. and you want to play it. Or you it, trashed your saves or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's just, like, unlocked at the beginning. So, um, you, you go through the story of the game, and the story of the game when you play the game is, uh, like, linear open world, I guess. You go through a, like, start and finish story in Firewatch. But then in the audio tour, you go through that same story, but we, like, duck the audio whenever there's a commentary track, and you get a commentary track by approaching these, like, sort of museum-style kiosks and grabbing a tape off right. the top, and it tells you what the subject of that's going to be. And then some of those uh, kiosks throughout the world are up against, like, exhibits, I guess, where it's like, here's concept art for the space that you're in right now, or here's how we built the lighting for the entire game, like walk around on these platforms and press these buttons. Uh, And that was just as Jake and mostly Jake had ideas, those things got built. Yeah, that was just, how can I exploit all the things that we've built? My favorite little, like, Firewatch kiosk exhibit uh, is one that that shows you what a first-person video game player looks like in third-person, because if you, I mean... A well-animated first-person game, you don't think about the horrible, like, puppet that is behind the camera. (laughs) But if you've ever seen, like, there's video from Crisis that people have put up where you see, like, the guy crouch and their, like, head and neck just, like, smushed down into their Mm -hmm. legs. And, like, we have, um, in a couple places in the audio tour, there's, like, just CRT televisions that are propped up on wood poles that... Um, are just shooting like a six foot radius around you and then there's just a little play area of physics objects so you can walk your character up and then to see the horrible, horrible, like <laughs> just Cronenbergian beast that the animator has to make to just make you like pick up a fire axe. Yeah. Um, so that's there and then you can grab the tape next to it and hear our gameplay programmer and our animator talk about the complete madness that goes into crafting a really nice first person performance as you just watch that just disgusting <laughs> puppet dance around and uh, on, on a little TV. It's yeah. really fun. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't want to ruin anything for people that haven't played the game, but uh, <coughs> for me, part of the brilliance of the game is the opening sequence of the game is one of the more emotionally powerful uh, sequences I've played in a video game. Mm-hmm. Did Sean, you wrote most or if all the game? All of it. All of it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I have to ask you, did, did, that, did that come from some personal, <laughs> emotional, dark place? Or is, that just, is it just writing? Are you just... Um, yeah, I think all writing comes from some sort of personal place. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I experienced anything that Henry experienced right. in the story of the game. Uh, but, like, you go through stuff, and everyone has different ways of, expre- of like, dealing with it. And I think I just... I know how to make myself feel bad, <laughs> you know? So, like, if I sit there and you go, all right, like, what do I want people to feel like? I want people to feel like X. It's like, okay, can I make myself feel like that? Oh yeah, I'm just like this is good. Let's just start opening up some drawers in here. <laughs> oh yeah, that's exactly that'll work. That's exactly like that. Um, I was pretty happy about the, the yeah. beagle. Is it a beagle? Yeah, it's a beagle. Super happy. It's fine. Yeah, so yeah, beagle. He dies. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> well, all beagles die. Yeah, but like that was like based on it. Like I had a beagle growing up, so it was like oh yeah, it's a beagle. I think I chose the shepherd. Yeah. What were yeah. the names? Bucket, uh, bucket and, mayhem. and mayhem. I went bucket. Yeah, bucket and mayhem. Yeah. Hashtag team. Mayhem. And like all that stuff, you know. I mean. You just, uh, there's the emotional arc, which you sort of decide it's going to be like this. And then you have to make yourself kind of get in that emotional space. And then there's the details of it. Like, oh, what's the dog's name? What type of dog is it? Who are these people exactly? And that's just like sitting around like a sponge, like absorbing stuff from the world. You know, it's like sit down next to a guy on a bus and then he's talking to his wife on a phone. And you're like, what the hell are they doing? You know, and he like, her name is something that, I'm like, oh, that's a great name. I'll take that name. Or, you know, like, oh, my friend what just named his dog Mayhem. Like, I'll name this thing Mayhem. Although the name Mayhem was based on a notable San Francisco tagger <laughs> named Dicko Mayhem, who I see everywhere and I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with two taggers. One of them is Dicko Mayhem. I was like, up, I rode my motorcycle, <laughs> the, the, the shepherd. Yeah, I, like, I rode my motorcycle up to like, I don't know, like up north. And I was like, uh, up in the headlands or something, right? Yeah. And I like walked out onto this. On, and I had seen his stuff before in, like, the bar by my house. And I walked out, like, down this path and, like, down these little steps. And there was, like, a wood 
a sort of like fence so I didn't fall into the Pacific Ocean. And I'm looking out into the majesty that is Northern California. And then I look down onto the fence and in black Sharpies is Dicko Mayhem. And I was like, he's here too. I feel like this um, is a Fight Club thing that you're Dicko Mayhem. I, that would be yeah. amazing. I would be very happy with that. Um, if I just, I don't know, I have very good penmanship. Uh, but yeah, so that name came from that. Um, awesome. What so, was the, uh, dis- so, sorry, no, go um, ahead. the decision-making process to have that the opening part of Firewatch be text? Uh, it just made, it was just, I wrote it in text the first time to communicate it to the team, and then we went, how can we get this into the game in a way that makes sense and is in scope? It's also written in the second person, I mm-hmm. guess. It's a you, you, you. Um, and I'm like, how do I communicate that? not in text like how do we do that visually do we build all these scenes do you play as henry is that in scope and also when we started firewatch like we were like we can do nothing like we thought we had zero skills like zero skills like how do i open unity like really zero skills so the idea of being like you're gonna play this guy's life and we're gonna be able to make it good enough in terms of like our skills in making a video game that you're going to feel the stuff that I feel just reading this text file Mm -hmm. because it was just white text on a black screen when I made it when at first when it was that text and I didn't think we could do that but we could now it's funny the (laughs) the text is basically what's in the game is almost exactly what you wrote in that we uh, you prototyped it in a like yeah, I did a huge rewrite time. like two weeks before we shipped because yeah, I wanted the, to make the, it the, cleaner. The functional, but yeah. like the structure of it ended up being in the second person is very similar to the very first thing you wrote, which was kind of the purpose of it was to get the team on board with who Henry was and to let hmm. us just uh, uh, like to get sort of that character out of Sean's head and into the brains of the team and let you sort of experience a little bit of his life. That's cool. But yeah, I mean, we we talked about like, do we rewrite it as first person and get rich? The voice actor would be like, "I saw Julia," and then I went. Oh yeah, was, we did a lot of tests like that. Like actually, it, does it make sense yeah. to, to narrate it like in the style of every video game? Don't we have a narrated like brief little video we made where you, we tried it I and think it was you like Ollie comped something together yeah, at one point, but like that was bad. We, it feels less like you have ownership. Oh, of it. And, exactly. we, and yeah. we also yeah. talked about like, do we animate like the opening of Up or something when you, you move into a house? Like you see the shot from the moving mm-hmm. van and you see the silhouette of a guy like hauling boxes and handing them to someone. Yeah. And it was like, we we realized that with this stuff, it ended up being less is more. And like the that. So if it worked effectively to tell you what he was like as a character, then it would work. For yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think and we didn't want to lose that in translation, right? Like trying to make it three D. Yeah, yeah. We also played this game, the Yog, like probably about six months before yeah, we started right. working on Firewatch, which is just a multiplayer choose your own adventure, and it's really great. Yep. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, okay, that works. And I knew because like I also know. I mean, you have to know the skills of the people on your team, yeah. right? And like I just said, like I didn't know if we could make make that in the up way that Jake is saying because I had just started working with our animator James and our program at the time Will. So I was like, ah, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if we have these like mm. skills yet. I mean, then we ended up putting a helicopter in the game at one point. So who knows? Um, Is it one of the first but, that made? Um, oh, but no. I knew that we had Jake and Ollie, and like I'm like, okay, so this is working right now. Period. Like, everyone who plays this feels something. And Jake and Ollie are going to make it look awesome mm-hmm. because Ollie's a graphic designer and Jake's a graphic designer and UI guy. So it was like, well, let's just do the thing that we're good at. I know that we're good at. Like, those are their guys. That's their strengths. Let's not muck with it too much. Yeah, don't you know? worry about yeah. 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 So you got to do that a lot. Yeah. So, Sean, yeah. do you write a lot at home too? Or do you kind of I write anywhere? I write. I mean, sometimes on the there, bus. Is there, a, <laughs> is, there a, is there another game in your head right now? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're working on something else. Excellent. <laughs> um, but I, you know what I do? Um, this is uh, something I started doing uh, about halfway through Firewatch. Is that if um, you have to write all the time, you have to. Otherwise, you just get bad at it. Same as anything. Um, but it's hard to sit down and go, I'm going to write 500 words a day. 500 words isn't very much. Or 1,000 words a day is, like, when I'm really working, 1,000 words a day is, like, the standard. I just started journaling about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try to journal every day, even if it's just, like, a tiny little bit. Normally, once I get started, it ends up being about 1,000 words. And then it's in my own voice, and there's no pressure, and it's made me way happier and a way better writer. So... I do try to write every day. But in terms of the work that I, we're doing on like a new game and the story stuff, uh, yeah, I don't do that every day because that's really hard. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to come like I don't sit around writing short stories yeah. because um, it's so hard. But I, <laughs> like it's just so just so hard. Like I don't know. You know, you write like a 2000 word short story and that'll take you take you a month. You know, um, I don't and have the skill to go fast. Longer than that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the script for Firewatch is over, it's like, I don't know, more than 1,000 screenplay pages, maybe 1,500 screenplay pages. Um, uh, but we also have a thing called the Campo Santo Quarterly Review, which is a literary journal we put out quarter, like every quarter for free um, at quarterly.camposanto.com. And uh, that is written mostly by uh, this guy, Duncan Fife, who is our uh, company ombudsman. He, he's, got, he's looking out for the, yeah, for the customer awesome. at all times. And I started writing for that. So I try to do an article a quarter for that. And that's like, okay, I can't just journal. I have to like write something right. that's like entertaining and for public consumption. And that's good to have to like finish stuff. So, uh, Your voice actors, Sissy Jones and Rich Summer, are unbelievably good in the game. Yes. They're phenomenal. Uh, Shocking. How many actors did you go through before landing on them? Sissy, one. Just her. That was it. That, Literally called her. her. Yeah. We knew because she worked with us. Uh, she played Katya in season one of The Walking Dead at Telltale. Which the show? Belgian woman yeah. in season one of The Walking Dead, yeah, which she, is amazing because who has a weird Belgian accent and <laughs> can do voices? She can, amazingly. Yeah. yeah. But we really liked working with her, and Sean right off the bat said, oh, I want to write Delilah as uh, Sissy. I just wanted to be like, I just wanted one thing that wasn't a risk because it was yeah. like, we were like, it was right when we were moving into the office and everything, just getting started, December 2013. And it was like, I just want one thing I can count on, and I can definitely count on Sissy. She still sent us a read. She did a read of a sample script, but then yeah. like, we played it just on like the MacBook speakers in the empty office, and everyone just went, oh, it's yeah. already good. Like, yeah. So that was really easy. And uh, then with Rich, I mean, that was like, if you remember, that was like dozens, nine dozens months. Dozens. It was yeah. really rough. Yeah. To the point where this is uh, – it takes so much faith, and I wouldn't. And had I been working on this game alone or with a team that wouldn't talk to me or something, like if I was just in an office somewhere having this as my job, I would have messed this up so badly. Huh. But like, you put out a page, you put out uh, some reads or like some sides, you get twenty-five people, and then they all read it, and you go, "These are all bad." Not just I don't like any of these, but these are all bad. They're not making me feel anything. And then you do it again. Now you have fifty, and you're like, "These are all bad." My God, it's the words. Like, I wrote a bad thing. Okay, how do I write a good thing this time? Okay, I'll do it again with a new script, and then those are bad. And you're just like, we're mess. Like, we're, like, guys, sorry. I think we're, I think we're fucked. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can swear yeah. on this, but I'm like, I think this is bad. And then uh, Rich did a read. We went to the point where I'm like, you know what? If it's, you know, five figures to, like, if it's an ex- ungodly amount of money, if it's 10% of the budget to solve this problem, let's go get whoever and um, ended up not being that, but we went, okay, who are some actors we can even have access to? Yeah. And rich followed uh, one of our employees on Twitter because they're big board game geeks. And then we started talking on Twitter and then we got on the phone. He did some reads and I was like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you. And it was just totally different and totally correct. Do you have, and so when you're, when you're finally getting that good feeling with rich, do you have him read with sissy to make sure I, uh, I didn't. I kind of knew. I didn't want him yeah. to. I want him to. Like I was like, "You're good, and you're good." And like the two characters in the game, they don't have a relationship until you start the game. Right. So I'm like, "Don't even interact until yeah, the, the, we start." The first time the, recording. The first time they talked to each other, I think, was in the VO session for. Hi, I'm here now. No, like for the trailer. Oh yeah, for the trailer. They did like ten lines together for a trailer. I thought they did that. In, they do it. They did. They do that together. Yeah, yeah the was, trailer. Like, the, the test was. Then. And that was the stuff that wasn't used in the actual game. Yeah, that was written just for the trailer. Yeah, we just wrote a trailer. And then their first real session was like, yeah, when they get on the radio Hi, for the first time. I'm Henry. So Hi, I'm do, Delilah. Because I've I've heard of uh, like cartoons. All the actors just never even you just. You yeah. come in, you record, you never see anyone. So they yeah. did record the whole game with them together. Yeah, they were both in home studios talking to me over Skype. So they were recording locally. And like everything I've ever worked on before, it was like you were describing. We'd bring in an actor. We'd get through all their stuff. Yeah. I mean, all of The Walking Dead season one was that way. So I think Telltale does same room recording with actors now on on projects. But when we were there, it was all... It was like... Yeah. It was like that episode of The Simpsons where Krusty the Clown rolls in and just reads his whole script and walks out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... Sean, it's way easier to record them at the same yeah. time. Oh, one, oh I'm one sure. It's like yeah, yeah. A logistically a pain in the butt, but like in terms of 
the directorial the side so much easier. Yeah. yeah, they were they weren't in the same studio. They were each in their houses, which actually but they f- could hear each other. They yeah. could inter- they were acting yeah, it, together. it fit really well for Firewatch because in that game, those actors are never like locking eyes. They're never having a conversation where there's anything hmm. uh, That's, that you can you, you never read anything on an actor's yeah. face and respond. You're yeah. only responding to their voice. So if you were in the same really studio, I would have made them not look at yeah, each other Sarah's for sure. I would have been like this: you look that way, and he looked that way. Yeah. So, Sean, you've written two of the most emotionally impactful games of the last five years, in my Walter opinion. Gromit Muzzled, Poker Night 2. <laughs> oh, you don't write Poker Night 2. Sorry, Poker Night 1. Wow, Jake. I'm I didn't write Poker Night I'm 2. I'm referring to uh, the first season of The Walking Dead. It's uh, oh, okay. Uh, Poker Night 1's very emotional. Yeah, Not as emotional as Poker Night 2, though. See, you're, 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 it kills me, man. <laughs> you're, you're deflecting. You don't like, you, I'm, I'm learning about you. You don't uh, like compliments. I didn't deflect. He did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, de- that was a deflect of a deflect. <laughs> so, what have, so, what have you figured out about about emotionally impactful video game writing that no one else seems to have figured out? Man, that's a. R- I first off, I will say I really appreciate you asking hard, real questions, uh, and I'll try to take the compliment. So, thank you for that. Absolutely. I mean, um, video games are very for as. So, Thousands of games I've played in my life, I can count the number on one hand that have actually made me feel something. And I think have a couple of I think I got lucky twice in not so much. I mean, you have to like you get a lucky opportunity, but then you have to deliver. But the two situations I was in, I was incredibly fortunate to not uh, have to fight the machine. So um, at Telltale, uh, company was maybe a fifth of the size it is now when I was there when Jake and I were there. Um, Walking Dead had middling expectations internally, other than just like be quality. Hmm. Um, yeah, you got. I mean, Telltale was coming off of uh, Jurassic Park, the game at that point. Yeah, they yeah. Were doing the CSI stuff, and yeah, you know, there was there was you know there was Sam and Max, but they, that, I mean, Walking Dead was the break. So, but yeah, but I mean, it was great because uh, I I got along with the guys who ran the company pretty well, and. Um, I could just kind of keep forcing it. And I was around great people. I mean, that room was Jake and I, uh, Chuck Jordan, who's an incredible writer. Uh, Gary came in once we got rolling, uh, plus the Telltale designers. And the room was small enough, and we all knew each other well enough. Like, I'd been there for five years that I was given the leeway to just go write a script, and nobody would touch it. Also on Walking Dead, we flew down and met with Robert Kirkman really early and said, we don't want to tell the same story uh, from the comics and the TV show. We want to do our own thing. And he like he just said, yeah, that sounds ex- like exactly what I want out of this game. And that was really good. Like hearing those words come out of the guy's mouth who created The Walking Dead. Yeah. 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 Like us and like the executives in the room, marketing dudes, like everyone on the project was like, okay, we're given the okay from the license holder to like cut loose and do something weird and try to actually grow what The Walking Dead is as opposed to like, you better have the Death Star and you better have Hoth because it says Star Wars. Don't invent your own new planet. That's JJ's job, you yeah. know. Like we we got the Walking Dead version of it's okay to just go and do yeah. and just be free. And I wasn't fighting like a big design team for like my writing not syncing up with the mechanics or whatever. We were the team was small, so that was like opportunity one. And then I just tried to just write good, <laughs> you know. Like I just tried to just I, do I as well as just write as possible. Do you yeah. have any kids? No, no. So, because the, the the relationship that comes across between uh, I have a cat Lee and Clem are <laughs> she's Clem's awesome. pretty much a cat. I yeah, mean, it's it's it's, a, it's sort of astounding as from a, a gamer who's used to you know again yeah. no emotional impact in any games to see what develops. I mean, did you have? I mean, I thought a lot about having kids at the time. Like, I just put myself in a spot where I went like, okay, like I should probably start thinking about having kids. I was 27, 28. I was like, that's a thing that I could start thinking about, even though, you know, whatever. I'm 32 now and don't have kids. So um, I thought about it a lot. And, like, I just... uh, But, like, Lee's also not Clementine's father. Mm. So I just thought about... And I have a really... I have a good relationship with my little sister. Not that I'm her father, but, like, like, I'm four years older than her, so... You know, you just kind of put all that stuff together, and then I thought, okay, if I was responsible for like an eight-year-old right now, what would that be like, and where would like where would the friction of that be? Did and you just, have yeah. did you have the the arc 
all ahead of time, or, or did? The, yeah, we did. Like Jake and me and Chuck kind of knew where that was going to go. Actually, Gary Gary Whitta also was involved with a little bit of that stuff. The very end of the season came out of episode a lunch. four was Gary's. he wrote it, but I mean, way early on, yeah. we had like one meeting with Gary that I remember impacted some of the stuff. At the oh end yeah, of the yeah, yeah. That's true. But yeah, yeah. You know, we me, me and Sean and Chuck spent months locked up in this weird storage area that we were probably legally not allowed to work out of in Telltale's office that was just like formaldehyde encrusted it was it was just literally stuff. like like in, like insulation hang out and in the ceiling and all the stamps are like just not meet regulation anyway we made a we spent it was really hot in there out. too because yeah. it was the summer in Marin I yeah. shot a video up there once for for OXM actually oh like yeah total that weird back room yeah yeah yeah, yeah in the old yeah. office yeah having, having the end figured out before you start or at least having some end that you're happy with figured out before you start has always been really helpful for us. Yeah, that made the the, the so, but then oh just to answer and then I think with Firewatch like we were just in charge, man. Like yeah. if you look at the great like I I don't know. I don't know how much I I used to believe this. I I'm not sure how much I believe this now. But if you look at some of the best game writing of the past 20 years, um the person who did it is usually in charge. So it's you know, uh whether it's Amy Hennig, whether it's uh, Steve Gaynor, whether strong voice it's who's in Tim Schafer, yeah, Ken Levine, Ken Levine yeah. you know, like the games that get known for that stuff. Yeah, like, Mark Laidlaw, uh, like you're. It's like you, you kind of leadership on the Portal games, like on. Yeah. you know, I mean that was Kim Swift, but also Eric, Eric Chet. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, I think that's that's just not the case on most AAA games. I can't, you know, on. Other than the people we just described, I'm sure we're leaving a bunch of people out. But um, like Neil yeah. Druckmann, yeah, Neil Druckmann is a great example. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Neil and Bruce at Naughty Dog like run the show, so that's why the writing's good. <laughs> you know, like there's probably like you are being deprived so much good writing from great writers who are working at places that just aren't in charge. <laughs> you know, like, from my understanding, a lot of it can be someone will write something and then they'll submit it and they'll be like. No, you can't do this, and then they have to scrap it, and that happens over and over and over again. I think again. a lot of the time it's an order of operations issue as well, where you have a game that's designed and has a vertical slice built, and then they're like, okay, fit a story Let's get that, that. Get yeah. that script into this yeah, thing yeah. that we already have, whereas, uh, and it seems like that process is really hard to fight unless you've got someone who's you know, really into writing and story, who's right up at the top, and who can, from the very beginning, be yeah. be sort of nurturing that and making yeah. sure that the story responds to the writing and not just or that the game design responds to the writing and not just the writing having to respond to the and I feel like design. it's almost a miracle when you get good writing out of someone who isn't at the, like yeah, uh, Walt yeah. Williams spec up script it, yeah, like, Walt Williams, yeah, yeah exactly it's a great that example. wasn't torn apart and became I mean but also like, if you look at the production of that game like it was made in the Czech Republic Walt like just went there so you're far away from the mothership nobody's yeah. paying attention to you that game was also took a while to make and things like that and it was able to just be like you know what close the door and let's just do this the right do this the right way and uh, that's sometimes what just has to happen I mean you know, like, and the thing that kind of kills me is when you look at, especially franchise games that could, that are ostensibly about like the franchise character and the story. Um, I'm imagining some without describing them. Uh, those are games, especially that have been around. Maybe say a franchise has been around for like ten or fifteen years now. So there's, I think there's like this miss. This is people think you have to give people what they expect. But I think when you were dealing with a large franchise that already has like like projected units sold before anyone writes one line of code, like that's actually the opportunity to shift the creative power structure around, yes. put people on like a reasonable schedule, a tight ske- type of reasonable schedule, and say, "Look, like do do something yeah. risky with the creative and the writing." Because that's what Halo needs. We yeah, talked about it after Halo you know, Five. That's yeah. exactly what Halo needs. Because like. It's still going to hit it, you know, and it's still going to hit that number um, because people are going to sit down to play Halo because it feels like Halo and it looks like Halo. Right. And the it biggest thing like in that case is that there's one bullet point in the negatives column of a review that says campaign story not quite as good. Yeah, but we already know that's going to happen if you don't put it in, if you don't make it a priority. So it's weird. I mean, and games are also f- like really hard to make. Like, you know, there's Naughty Dog's not a huge studio, which is why I think that they their games are as high quality as they are. But when you have 400 people working on a game and it's like all in the service of this nuanced emotional tale, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that might be in my, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be doing games media for almost almost 14 years and that might be the number one thing that I've taken away from 
at least being able to get close to game creators to obs- you know observe them in their natural habitat is is that game- making games is harder than I think anyone who plays games even realizes. Yeah, I mean, I think about it a lot because uh, you know after Firewatch, I've just been talking to people in other uh, businesses like film and TV, and I go, man, like. I could write a screenplay. Like, it's 120... It's hard to write anything good, but, like, 120 pages, and then I don't have to secretly build a piece of software on top of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the software industry sucks. Like, it's a really hard industry, period, if you're making, like, a messaging app on your phone to, like, making a game, and then having to also do all the sort of creative things that you're needed to communicate any sort of feeling... It's really, 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 really hard. It's also like magic when it works, though, so you keep doing it. Um, but yeah, making games is because you—it uh, just always wants to be broken. It never wants to work. Like at one point, a movie just wants to move forward. <laughs> you know, like the film wants to go through the projector. Like light and physics continue to it's work the way go. they work, yeah, and then a game is just like I can stop at any second. <laughs> like I'm waiting for one thing to be out of place. I think especially as just as technology has gotten better and you get further and further from what's inside of a computer, games just I mean even as a person who makes games, games feel more like a, like TV or like a movie. Uh and this is an analogy that we use uh, or that I use in my brain a lot, but what a game really is is basically just a spreadsheet that has been convinced to like sing and dance for you uh in the most outrageous way possible. Yeah. Like at the at deep inside that is still the way that it works. It's it's I don't think about it when I'm actually playing someone else's game, but whenever I'm making a game, all I think about is that it is not actually a game and that it's just, yeah. just series of numbers. horrible, yeah. just bundles of just absolutely nothing. You're, you're, you're Neo. Th- you're just seeing the Matrix it's, at that point. Yeah, it's not, though, because mm-hmm. it still just looks like a guy with like a bump map on and stuff. But, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. What? The tools are getting way better, though. Like, we're messing around in like the new, newest version of Unity for, yeah. on stuff, and like... Yeah, it's like, okay, wow, this is even better than it was two years ago. When did you guys know that you were on to something special with Walking Dead? Was it episode three? <laughs> really? For- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want the, I'm curious. Oh, really yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode one was like, okay, that felt like a Telltale game. Cool. Episode two was really hard to make. Episode twos were always really hard to make when we were there. It was just you put so much time and energy into building your episode one and getting your foundation built that then it's like two's like hey guys we're like oh god (laughs) like you're here here. we have to make you now (laughs) yeah yeah and um we have to make you and then uh by three three was also hard because we had a completely different script and we'd start production on a different script i hadn't written it um and i had also done a really bad job of overseeing it and then the moment we sat down and go oh yeah let's look at episode three we went oh no and we had to like we basically scrapped all of it and had to start over but then by the time we got to the end of episode three i was like oh there's like i felt like i was like punching my weight i was like all right like there's some good stuff in here and i'd been in the vo sessions probably vo episode three i guess like gavin hammond is uh kenny and the kenny duck lee Katya drama of episode three. If you haven't played season one, I won't spoil it. I was like, you're on a train though. Let's just point that out. In the studio. Yeah. I had to have to have a train, please. Um, I fought so hard for that train. And you got what you you wanted. I won. Yeah. Uh, John Henry. John Henry. (laughs) Uh, I remember being in the studio recording that stuff with Gavin and being like, smashed it. (laughs) Like, okay, this is going to be good. Um, and then, because I could also look back at episodes one and two, and episode one was good, and then episode two, I think technically, from a technical execution, like place and amount of stuff you do in that was so much better. Just the concept behind two was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And when I went, okay, those two things are going to come. Like, I get, like, now I get to make a game for a team that knows how to make a Walking Dead game. So Sweet. If you, yeah. if you knew at episode three, that means you kind of knew the people were going to, we were going to get hit with episode five were yeah you kind of were you surprised at, at the, the public's reaction or was it exactly kind of what oh, you were five to, to, um, the end, to the end i think the end hit actually nah. about the, the way that we expected yeah it i remember my sister called me like four hours after it came out and i was in miami and it was like three in the morning there and she was just like i effing hate you and i was like i know and just like hung up like <laughs> instantly i was just like uh-huh uh-huh yeah and i had expected that yeah, yeah. The, the actual 
getting the season finale of Walking Dead season one done was incredibly hard because we'd eaten up any spare time in the schedule over the and it was it was coming out in like season. the first week of December or something yeah. or last week in like, November or something any padding time that we had second actually yeah. episode four episode three having to be rewritten and then episode four if people remember Walking Dead season one episode four was this really sort of grandiose high concept thing with a ton of environments like a huge chunk of the city of Savannah was in it and like that stuff we were never going to return to too yeah. yeah we had we I mean we part of yeah episode five was like okay I guess we're just gonna have to backtrack through these environments because we don't have the time left in the schedule to build anything new so and you were at the end of the year then so it's like we can't put this episode out in January it's like oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, anyway so the technical part of it was really stressful but I think and also just sort of shushing ourselves, if I remember correctly, because we were like, we've got to do ambitious, crazy stuff. Then we're like, oh, no, we already know the ending. Right. The ending. We, we so we did the opposite, actually, which was like, just put two guys in a chair. Yeah. You know, like that's a big Have scene it. of that game, you know, and then like, OK, let's put two people in a locked room at the end. You know, it was like, let's put two people here. Let's put two people there. And like on at the end of the day, like I mean, I'm that's the best stuff to work on and to write. Like, writing interactive dialogue between two people who are just sitting in chairs looking at each other, if you can get away with it, and you can never get away with it because it has to be fun to play. Right. But in that moment, it's what the game needed. It was, like, really satisfying. So, But again, you've made four, you've made four episodes. Yeah, you've made four episodes. So you know what people are good at. You're just like, okay, don't do the thing. Like, remember in episode two where we tried to do X? Like, don't do that again because we weren't good at that. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever contemplate? Because you left before season two. Yeah. Did you ever think about a season? Did they ask you to do season two? Yeah, we worked a little bit on season two at the you beginning. Okay. Like we, we we had like that was our we hadn't left yet, and um, we had uh, kicked around some ideas. We were part of like the story. T- we were in the room at the very beginning. Yep. We didn't write any of it. Um, yeah, but no, we, we, I guess I did like half a draft on that first episode, but yeah. it wasn't anything we to be proud of when we were leaving i mean we knew and we worked it out with with people at telltale when we were leaving it would like the rains had already been passed to the season two leads before we left and we were just two guys in the writer's room for the for, for yeah pre, for you were here you were here for we did a weird like game of the year event here i liked that it was that like year? a science fair yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh with all yeah. the nominees and you yeah. guys, awesome. guys came and I remember you yeah. and I, I was talking. That was the first time I actually met you face to face and got to thank right. you for how great Walking Dead Season 1 was. And you kind of, like, I got the sense from you at that time that you hadn't really processed the fact that it was really good yet. And you, were, you yeah. seemed kind of like a little shell shocked. And, and so you it, kinda, It's shocking. Like, it's a shocking experience when it, a game. Because, like, like I'll probably, we'll probably never have it, like, in terms of numbers. Like, probably never work on something that's successful yeah, ever again. I still again. also internally would never use the phrase, it's really good. I would say, oh, it was well-received. People liked it. It sold well. <laughs> I'm not going to give a qualitative yeah, answer to that game. Yeah, I don't really have a review of the game. Other it's than our job. Yeah, I mean, I liked making it. We worked with amazing people, and we had an amazing creative opportunity in terms of, like... I mean, as a writer, you're not going to get a better chance, probably, yeah. to, like, make a mark. Uh, because... I mean, again, like in terms of luck, like Walking Dead was signed at Telltale before there was a TV show. Like it was a comic book, you know? So it's like nobody knew what, what this was going to be. That, that deal actually got started on the floor of San Diego Comic-Con like two years before yeah. production started. You know? Like, a guy just walking over to Kirkman and going, hey, we make games from comics and made Max. Yeah, because didn't like in Fables and King's Quest, like all three of them sort of got announced at the same they time? They did. I yeah, yeah. Was yeah. That King's Quest yeah. came in and out. Yeah. yeah. The right slaps on that, yeah. Yep. Making good King's so, Quest games now, though. Yeah. All gentlemen guys. So then I'll ask, I'll ask now, I'll bring it back. When did you know that you're onto something special with Firewatch? Oh, man. Way late. Way late, I think. Well, the, the mixed. Different things came on. We were confident about different things at different times, I feel like. Yeah, I always... I remember playing it all through uh, this year. Or no, last... Like, uh, second half of last year. year. It? It, second half of 2015, I guess, yeah. I remember playing it and being like, I like this game. Like, this is fun. Like, look at all the cool stuff, like, my friends are making. I enjoyed it for, like, not the story stuff and character stuff that I was working on, but it was fun to just, like, walk around and be in a space and not feel like the writing had to do all the lifting all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, with a a Telltale game, if if there's not story happening, there's, like you're kind of just walking to the next place for there to be story or like there's just always story happening because that's what makes a good telltale game and like it was cool to be able to be like oh man like there's just an amazing spot that like jane and jake made and ollie made over here 
oh, I wonder if I can put something cool here. So also the discovery of there doesn't need to be something cool because you can just walk out and see a, a neat space and yeah. like wander through the like leaves. Uh, like that stuff, we'd never made a game that had been in it before. We were also spending like by the time we made The Walking Dead, Jake had been at Telltale almost eight years, seven years, and I'd been there uh, like I guess by the time we started, it was like six and four maybe or something like that. So we were like pretty good at making Telltale games, and we could therefore we could like subvert certain things and like make the tool dance to our like weird <laughs> desires. Uh, but like with Firewatch, it was more way more of a journey of experience of just like. Oh, I'm learning every day how to like do the sorts of things I think this game could do. Oh, now that I do this, wouldn't it be cool if I could do that? You know, that sort of thing. I think the, the place though that we, we never knew, had a chance to be like, is this going to be a success? With Firewatch at yeah. GDC 2015, is that when we did the event? The event, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we um, we had talked about maybe going to PAX that year to go to PAX East, and we realized, oh, for the cost of flying the whole team to Boston and building a booth, blah 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 blah, we could rent a little space in San Francisco right next to the Game Developers Conference, and go nuts so we built like we had tree Themed guys out, we had yeah. like tree guys come in and put in like multiple dozens of trees and in theater. a warehouse <laughs> yeah. in a warehouse and theatrical lighting guys lit it like a night forest place and uh the guy who paid for our game brought a smell machine that he was really excited about called the AccuScent HD that was blasting pines. It's a great smell machine. <laughs> anyway, um highly recommend the AccuScent. <laughs> we, we also The AccuScent's a good product. It's AccuScent. a great it's a premium product, though. It's like 150 bucks. This episode is brought to you by AccuScent HD. You can make a dough smell. Anyway, the, in addition yeah. to all the trees and all the AccuScent stuff, the video D-O-U-G-H. game D-O-U-G-H. Okay. I said dough smell, and I went... Yeah, I was thinking... Like, like a bleeding deer? deer, and I went like, D-O-U-G-H, got it. Um, See, I went the other way. I thought... I thought bread dough first and then came back to the no, animal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the point is, is like, we never, we weren't sitting around thinking about that so much because it was like, we felt like we started, like, it's like, we may never get this opportunity again. Let's really enjoy it. Let's do events like that. Let's, like, really yeah. be, we're like, process-oriented. But that was a place where the team got to watch dozens and dozens and dozens of people play through 15 minutes of the game, and I think it was a good gut confirmation that just, like, Using the walkie-talkie, talking to Delilah, exploring the space, sort of being led around by the story, but being able to explore, being able to choose what you say, uh, all while you're in that space. Like it was watching people find things that uh, like normal people didn't find. And yeah, stuff like like that. one yeah. thing I really liked was uh, you know you could take photos, and I think it was it's just the PC version that you could have them sent to you. Yeah, I'm sent to you on PC. You yeah, sorry, Xbox owners. It's because I love that. We thought about it, and we've talked to both consoles, and it's just like too hard. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, because you have to. It's like it's more like they have security protocol stuff where we yeah. got to like get the things out of there, and they got to send us a thing, and we have to send a call, and then they we have can't. Their own user networks, they have their own store, payment yeah. processing, like mm-hmm. content restrictions. It's just like on PC, you can kind of just do what you want, and no yeah. one cares. But once you're like, we want our game to also talk to the internet and also make it an app, kind of. Yeah, it just it, it just it's stacked up really yeah. quick, and we went ah, okay, nope. Yeah, and also like we do those for pretty much cost. So yeah. like it's like okay now like are they going to take thirty percent and like there's a business side of it too but in terms of it's even if we got all the way through the technical yeah it, yeah it's just a technical impossibility given the way the platforms are set up so you mentioned you've got another game in your head something new uh, I was did I say that you said yeah, that that was the thing you said prove it uh, I'll rewind this the tape oh yeah I mean what to- no, you said do you write are you going to keep writing and I was like yeah of course. I no, theoretically you said you have another game in your head. What? Yeah. No, when I was there, I sort of went. Hmm. <laughs> oh, we do. I didn't tell you what game it was. It could be Super Mario Three. No, I know that. that so that's kind of my question. Is yeah. I'm curious what what's Half Life Three? <laughs> Don't even with this. We play a game where we sit around talking about if we were to make Half Life Three, what would that be like? We played a lot. We I totally have a half. Can life. Yeah. you record this? Nope. <laughs> nope. We, although, yeah, that is my dream. Uh, that is your dream podcast, we'll right? Not on the on, on yeah. the show. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, IGN.com. Yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. Fair. Uh, well, we have, We're both getting bought by Univision. What? Uh, <laughs> what challenge? Like, what narrative challenges do you want to take on next? Because you, you, oh. you did Walking Dead, which is this episodic, this whole arc. You did Firewatch. Is there a new sort of type of what do you think, challenge Jake? you want to take on? Uh, What's on the other side of the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that way. I think, is in terms of just like a company, it'd be cool to like take another big risk. But like, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We haven't. We're not that far. 
Uh, yeah, you I don't have know. Nothing to say about what's interesting well, to us. No, I mean, I'm trying to. I, I want to answer the question, but also not be like a weird cagey dude. Oh, I um, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Also, in that I made a national treasure joke. Nicholas ah, Cage. See? That was really good. See? Oh, full circle. If you hear a door open and close on this podcast, it's because Jake is. <laughs> we're, that's actually like I can evict you for the company probably from that. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. make you feel uncomfortable. No, I mean, uh, I like that. I mean, your, it's your like stuff of, like when you. It's like. But the thing is, like, what you come at it with at the beginning may be nowhere near yeah. what we do. So, like, with that caveat that this is just me saying, like, oh, it'd be nice if. It's, like, I'll probably start from, like, a happier place because I think that would – that's, like, where we're at mentally, me. It's like, also, like, if I were to describe Walking Dead and Firewatch, I think they're both about relationships between two That's probably oh, not going to change. So, yeah. I imagine that you would continue to write stuff that's like that, and that can kind of fit into pretty much any set. Yeah, yeah, that's probably not going to change. Maybe not a game though that's about people who are in unbelievably sad situations where the only jokes are trying to make them happy in the face of unrelenting sadness. Like we've done, so, or maybe more of or that. Down on that. <laughs> or, or, yeah, uh, it, yeah. Sean's therapist is well. The uh, moment you a lot about the moment you get into relationships, like there's friction, and then when there's friction, there's like negative emotions. But then you have to balance those out with positive emotions. So. I don't know. I'm curious as to what we'll make. Like, because the thing is, is like we do a third game. If Walking Dead is like a kind of a secret first game, you know, um, then it's like there's sort of a trajectory, and that'll be weird to see. To be like, oh, from there to there to there. Uh, I'm just glad we get to make another one, which is pretty cool. Well, Firewatch is out now. It's awesome. It's on Xbox One. It's twenty bucks, which and it's now you can totally replay it with the cool commentary (laughs) mode. And everybody should buy it. Oh, yeah. There's also that free room mode. And there's the free room mode, yeah. Commentary and free room. No, it's fine. The free room is cool because it has a 24-hour... The, the game's story, you'll experience this when you play it, my friend, is that you, uh, good time... Try, good try wrapping time up. Moves, time moves dramatically forward, but um, like, there's no like dynamic day-night cycle. But when you do the free room mode, it's dynamic 24-hour times a day, which is pretty cool. That is cool. And there's some stuff to go find out in the woods, which more is raccoons? cool. Uh, can either confirm or deny it more raccoons. I cannot. I will not tell you how many yeah, raccoons are in the game. There's, no, there's not more raccoons. Everybody on there's Xbox, no, <laughs> everybody on Xbox should buy Firewatch. What do you? What do you guys? So again, our audience has not played the game by yeah. large. What do you want people to take away from it? Uh, I would say come to it just like uh, excited for a good story. You'll probably finish it in a sitting or two. Uh, it's fun to play with someone in the room, um, but it's also fun to just like lock yourself away and like immerse yourself in it, um, which is I think that's. Uh, because there's dialogue choices on the screen, it's fun to have someone there sit like next to you. I played it um, with Monty in the room actually, and he mostly just got mad at me. Oh. Yeah, oh. there were yeah. some things that I was like, "Well, I don't want to reply to that," so I just wouldn't say. Perfect. Anything. Yeah. That's great. Like, do what you want to do in the game. Like, is another good thing. To her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's great. Hopefully, you'll find it to be a dramatic, thrilling, mysterious story about real people in extraordinary circumstances. If you have the option to why say did you have to say it so like that? <laughs> Firewatch. <laughs> that was good. Why? Why? Did, official ad. People have been asking what Firewatch is for years, and you could have just said that the entire time. Well, it's done now, so I figured it out. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jake Rodkin, Sean Vanneman. Thanks. You guys are hey. awesome. Thanks for making a great game and for just sitting here for an hour of your day. It's, it's always fun. Uh, I mean, you went out in this room. If, I'll right. give you the option if you want to hang out for the rest of the podcast, but you probably want to go what, have a long What are we talking about? Why don't I have to go uh, in 15 minutes? Go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we'll just ex- we will just extend so your podcast if we stay. I'm the marketplace report right now because I've got it in front of me. You All right. Well, you know what? We can pretty much just wrap the show up now anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we, we people are going to miss out on about this. about a ton of gears of one next week. Yeah. That'll be good. All right. So we'll just we'll regroup next week. This we was, did it. This was a, a perfectly normal length show. What if we just... South Park is being delayed until close. Yep, South Park's delayed. <laughs> yeah. I knew that. The next game we'll have co-op multiplayer. I was going to ask Done. you, yeah. Does it... I don't know if you ever publicly delayed Firewatch. Yeah, we did. Is it like you did? So is it a super hard decision or is it actually really easy? It fucking sucks. It's really, really hard. But then you do it and you're like, oh, why didn't we just do that? Mm. There you go. So that's... It's like it's the hardest decision to make when it's in front of you and then yeah. it's the easiest decision to make when it's behind you. And then the game comes out and people like it and it's not a piece of crap. So like... Everyone wins. I think that Miyamoto quote that Miyamoto quote is the truest of all of just whatever it is. Yeah, it's like trite by this time, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah, A bad game's bad forever, but a delayed game is whatever. Two in the hand and one in the bush. Yeah. Just don't say no, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Two in the hand. No, it's like a a 
bushel of things in the bush is better than two in the hand. Oh, that's man. one that's in the hand. Sex yeah, two in the hand yeah. is better than stop it's it. A, a, bird, a bird, a bird in the hand. Miyamoto. <laughs> I think it's better than it's bird in the hand. hand that is delayed. A bur- one bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Yes, because you got that one bird in your hand. It's Nailed it. I like so, Miyamoto. By the way, that's just, that's <laughs> yeah. just, it's a Miyamoto to live it's, it's by like for uh, <laughs> Xbox fans. The way New Yorkers say it. Miyamoto. What is happening? The podcast uh, is getting good the now. Number one oh, yeah. Podcast. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can buy Firewatch and some other video games this week, but you should buy Firewatch wow. first. You can buy those other ones, too. There's some good stuff on there. No, Last there is. fight, Batman and Telltale <laughs> Game Series Episode 2, Children of Rock'em, Minecraft Story Another, Mode uh, you got Actually, two Telltale games up against your that's former employer. has got two game, two episodes shipping Man, against also you Also, No comment. Edition? <laughs> no comment on that. Yes. Dear Esther Landmark Edition, the landmark in Walking Simulators. Yeah. That was OG. It's true. Dear Esther? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OG. Yeah. That's not a bad that's not a double that's not a bad double feature, by the way. Dear Esther and Firewatch. Okay, we really want to walk around with a lot of flowers and grass and feel bad about things. Yeah. Uh, Which game are you describing? <laughs> Both. But Mirror's Edge. <laughs> yeah, I'm describing this weekend on the Xbox platform. Sorry, oh, guys. Yeah, the the I just I just want to call this one out because it's very what? good. Uh, the September Games with Gold. Oh yeah. Is Mirror's Edge on Xbox 360 from September 16 to 30? Yeah, October's Games with Gold, not so good. Yeah, real trash. Yeah, Yeah. which is probably on purpose because they know you're just going to buy all the new AAA fall things anyway. Mm. I weirdly like Super Mega Baseball. No, you don't. But this is the extra innings version. Couldn't, oh, no fair. comment. <laughs> Couldn't tell you anything. Far too many innings. Uh, October yeah. games. I'm good with the. I'm good with the nine. Yeah, solid. Dish. Nine is fine. So, yeah. Are people supposed to digest this information at all? I mean, generally, uh, there's not five of us screaming at the yeah, same we time. Usually don't okay. yell, so. I mean, Sorry, we usually yell. Well, that's true. Super Mega Baseball extra else, innings yeah. for Xbox One and the Escapist starting on October 16th, and then on 360, you've got MX versus ATV Reflex the first half of the month, and I Am Alive the second half of the month. I Am Alive is not a good game. The concept I don't review that back in the day. Yeah, is never it a quite. Game? Never quite. A little bit. It's like a post, like an apocalypse, like surviving a crumbling Chicago city. earthquake yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway. Sounds familiar. Uh, we'll wrap it up there, Jake. Thank you so much. Thank that you. That was a blast. <laughs> uh, Firewatch is great. Everybody should buy it. Sean Bannum, and thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back usual time next week. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks see you guys then. Bye. See you next. Guys. See you next week. We're permanent hosts now. Oh, cool. Sorry, do we, do we get the host title thumbs though? Yeah, it was <laughs> podcast. Fine. Yeah. <laughs>